Welcome to another edition of Sean's Sports Show. This is episode number 98, and I'm coming at you from Los Angeles, California on June 18th, 2018. I haven't um, recorded in six days or so, but uh, that's going to change. I'm going to be recording daily once again. Um, Just took a bit of a break. So today I'm going to be reporting and giving my take on the breaking news inside the world of sports. I'm also going to be covering the results of the Los Angeles sports teams and the 2018 FIFA World Cup. So the first uh, story that I'm going to be talking about has to do with soccer, but it is not a result of the FIFA World Cup. So current and former U.S. men's national soccer team players have been critical of Landon Donovan, who suggested in a video for Wells Fargo that American soccer fans should support Mexico at the 2018 FIFA World Cup that's being held in Russia. A number of players quickly disagreed with, with that take, with many citing the long-standing rivalry between the United States and Mexico in men's soccer. Uh, former U.S. men's national team player Kobe Jones wasn't in favor of rooting for uh, Mexico either, as he revealed in a post on, on Instagram. He said, quote, Nah, man, Mexico is not my team. Mexico is a rival in CONCACAF. In sport, there is something uh, sacred about rivalries, meaning, meaning and history behind them. I don't see Brazil cheering for Argentina, England cheering for Germany, Barca for Madrid, Man U for Liverpool, or Lakers for Clippers, Yankees slash Red Sox, etc. It's sports and you're allowed to cheer against someone, uh, let alone your regional rival. Donovan also responded to Carlos Bocanegra, a former U.S. men's national teammate, citing Bocanegra's Mexican heritage in a now-deleted tweet. Uh, Donovan tweeted, quote, You grew up in SoCal and owe much of your soccer skill to playing with Mexicans. Uh, Donovan said via Andrew Joseph of For the Win, your father is of Mexican descent. Look around our country. Are you happy with how we are treating Mexicans? Open your mind, stand for something, and remember where you came from. Uh, so Donovan, who is tied with Clint Dempsey for the most goals scored in U.S. men's national team history with 57, spent time this spring playing for the Liga MX's Club Lyon, and it appeared that his comments were made in the spirit of solidarity. Nonetheless, they came at a time when Uh, Many former and current U.S. men's national team players and supporters alike are still raw over the team's failure to qualify over the World Cup. And quite frankly, I am. So personally, everybody has a right to cheer for whoever they want to cheer for. I I don't think that uh, Landon Donovan said anything that was wrong. He he simply said that he believes uh, fellow Americans should cheer for Mexico. And I mean, if you you look at it, unless you're of certain, um, you know, descent... That if you're American, I mean, who else do you cheer for? I mean, you can, you can always cheer for a, a good soccer match, but besides that, you'll probably cheer for Mexico. They, I mean, they're nearby, so... But anyway, switching gears now to the MLB, the Chicago Cubs announced that infielder Javier Baez left Sunday's game against the St. Louis Cardinals after he was drilled on the elbow with a pitch with a pitch from uh, Jack Flaherty. Baez started the contest at shortstop. Addison Russell then replaced him. Uh, quote, got him right in the elbow, said Cubs manager Joe Madden during the in-game interview with ESPN, perch Kerry uh, Muscat of MLB.com. Your hand, it does, it does feel numb at that particular time. He just could not get the feel back. I don't think it's anything serious, but for right now, it's going to hurt all night and maybe into tomorrow. Bias has developed into one of the league's most reliable second basemen since taking on a full-time role in Chicago at the start of the 2016 season. He ranks 12th at the position and wins above replacement over the past two-plus seasons, according to Fangraphs. 
The 25-year-old Puerto Rico native has also remained mostly durable over that stretch. He appeared in at least 140 games in each of the past two years. Most recently, he left the game against the Miami Marlins in early May because of growing tightness. Uh, if the latest ailment forces him out of the lineup, Ben Zobris and Tommy Lastella figure to split the playing time at second base. That's what I would assume. Ben Zobris also receives a fair share of spot, uh, starts in the outfield, so Lastella and Ian Happ should be the biggest beneficiaries of extra at-bats. Ultimately, though, the Cubs should have enough offensive depth to survive a short-term setback from Baez. Any type of uh, extended absence would limit the lineup's upside moving forward, though. But I still think even if Javier Baez is injured long-term, I think the Chicago Cubs will be fine. Now switching gears to the NBA, this is uh, fairly interesting. Golden State Warriors fans who never want to forget about their 2018 NBA Finals win over the Cleveland Cavaliers have the opportunity to own a jersey from the player responsible for the series' most infamous moment. J.R. Smith's game-worn black jersey from Game 1 is available for public bidding on the NBA Auctions website at 10.25 p.m. Eastern, uh, on Sunday, the current bid was $1,520. Smith was rewar- was wearing the jersey when he famously rebounded George Hill's missed free throw with the contest tied in the final seconds of regulation and dribbled away from the basket as time expired. Uh, then LeBron James motioned for a timeout during the sequence, but to no avail, and the Warriors went on t- to steamroll the Cavs in the overtime period for a 124-114 win, and then eventually sweeping the Cleveland Cavaliers to win their third championship in four years. So, um, I, as I said, I haven't been recording and I haven't been covering the whole situation with Ka- Kawhi Leonard. So Kawhi Leonard of the San Antonio Spurs wants out of San Antonio and he, he wants to play in Los Angeles, presumably for the Los Angeles Lakers. So he's interested in joining the Lakers or Clippers, but each team has reservations about acquiring the Spurs star, Pertanya Ganguly of the Los Angeles Times. The thing, the thing is also Leonard is still under contract for the Spurs. Uh, for next for next season, so he he can't sign with the team until next off season. He has to be traded, and the Spurs most likely won't do any business with the Western Conference team unless uh, unless the trade is you know uh, largely in their favor. So uh, I th- I think that if anything, if he's going to be traded this off season, I think he's going to be traded to the Boston Celtics personally. But I'd love to have him on the Lakers. Uh, so quote, neither the Lakers nor Clippers have had trade discussions with the Spurs, as both teams have concerns about the severity of Leonard's injury. Leonard only played nine games last season while while dealing with a quad injury, as I've covered so many times now. The forward's timeline for a return was unknown throughout the season, but Shams Cherania reported earlier this month that the player is, quote, close to 100%. The Spurs have indicated they want to hold on to Leonard with one more year remaining on his contract and the ability to offer him a supermax deal. Jabari Young of San Antonio Express News reported that he's expected to receive an offer for a five-year, $219 million extension. However, Leonard has his eyes set on, on another team, with the Clippers and Lakers becoming possible destinations per Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Both teams would be thrilled to add a player of Leonard's ability and, report, and reportedly would put together a package to entice the Spurs to make the, a trade. While he's coming off a lost season, the 26-year-old is one of the is one of the best two-way players in the NBA and finished in the top three of MVP voting in two straight seasons. And in my opinion, he's the second best player in the world behind LeBron James. On the other hand, though, questions about his health as well as his future. Uh, you know, he could be a free agent next summer, uh, and that should cause Los Angeles squads to stay cautious on the trade market. So that kind of proves what I think even more. You know that the Boston Celtics or someone like the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we'll trade for Kawhi Leonard, and I'm going to be covering 
the Cavs and Kawhi Leonard right now. The Cavs are, quote, one of several teams making calls to San Antonio about Kawhi Leonard, according to Terry Pluto of Cleveland.com. Landing Leonard would sweeten the pot for LeBron James, who can opt out of his contract and become a free agent this summer. And after the Golden State Warriors swept the Cavs in the 2018 NBA Finals, it wouldn't be surprising if James either sought a new team um, that's better equipped to win a title or only returned to Cleveland if they added another star. But it's fair to question if the Cavs could put together a trade package that would entice the Spurs. Uh, you know, would Kevin Love in the number eight pick uh, in the NBA draft, which is this Thursday, get it done? Perhaps, perhaps though Cleveland may want to build around the big three of James Leonard and Kevin Love. Uh, plus, the San Antonio could prefer a package of younger assets. In that case, the Cavs could offer Jordan Clarkson, uh, Seti Osman, Larry Nance Jr., and the eighth selection, something to that extent, maybe. The Spurs could... Uh, likely get a better deal than that on the market. However, the Lakers could build a package around young talents such as Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and Lonzo Ball. The Philadelphia 76ers have intriguing pieces like the number 10 overall pick, Markel Fultz, and Dario Saric. The Boston Celtics have a treasure uh, trove of assets and could build uh, a deal around young players such as Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier, future picks or Kyrie Irving. Even the Clippers could build an offer around the numbers 12 and 13 selections and Tobias Harris. Plus, if Leonard is interested in playing in Los Angeles, as league sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, he may not sign a long-term extension, which would leave Cleveland high and dry when he can hit free agency um, with a player option next summer. On the other hand, rolling the dice on Leonard may entice James to remain with the Cavs for at least one more season. And if James and Leonard click, perhaps they'll decide to pursue a title together in Cleveland beyond the 2018-19 campaign. It's a gamble that's easy to defend. Given the assets that the Cavs have to offer, however, it's it's harder to justify a trade from San Antonio's perspective. So this is uh, very interesting. I I don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi. He He obviously wants out of San Antonio. I'd love to have him on the Lakers, but I don't think that Popovich and the Spurs will do business with the Lakers. So it, it's, um, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I, I don't have any uh, sources into the NBA, uh, at least not yet, but hopefully he'll be on the Lakers, but I think he'll be on the Boston Celtics. Now switching gears to the NFL, this is uh, fairly gruesome. Courtney Baird, the wife of former NFL quarterback Eric Kramer, told police she fears for her life after Kramer threw several household objects at her during a June 13th altercation, according to TMZ Sports. Kramer was arrested on domestic violence charges and released the next day, though he was given a restraining order and told to stay away from Baird and the couple's daughter. But Baird remains fearful that Kramer will come after her despite the court order. Quote, I am terrified that he is out looking for me at this very moment and will kill me and my daughter, Baird said. She has since filed for a divorce. Baird told police that she and Kramer had a verbal altercation that, and that when she tried to approach him about it the next day, he, quote, flipped out and began cussing her out, pushing her around the home, and then started grabbing various household items to throw at her, including ice packs and their knife block, according to TMZ. Kramer did not manage to hit Baird with any of those objects, but then, quote, allegedly started grabbing other items uh, around the home, glasses, candle holders, picture frames, and started smashing them on the ground. Baird called 911, and Kramer admitted to police that he had gotten, quote, physical. He was charged with, quote, felony corporal injury to a spouse or cohabitant and released after posting a $50,000 bond, according to Nathan Fenno of the Los Angeles Times. Quote, Mr. Kramer was cooperative at the time of the arrest, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department Captain Joshua Ty told Fenno. Baird suggested Kramer's suicide attempt in 2015 when he survived a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head proves that he has access to guns and is in, and is a danger to her and her daughter. She's seeking to extend the emergency restraining order that was given after Kramer's arrest. 
So no comment on this for me, other than the fact that this is obviously an incredibly unfortunate situation. Now switching gears back to the NBA and the San Antonio Spurs as well. Veteran forward Rudy Gay reportedly declined the player option in his contract on Monday, meaning he will become a free agent. Chris Haynes of ESPN.com reported the decision. According to Spotrack, Gay would have made over $8.8 million in 2018-19 had he opted in to remain with the San Antonio Spurs. Although his numbers last season were his worst since his rookie season in 2006-2007, Gay was a key bench contributor for the Spurs. The 31-year-old averaged 5, excuse me, averaged 11.5 points, 5.1 rebounds, and 1.3 assists per game, while shooting 47.1% from the field, which matched his career best. Gay only connected with on 31.4% of his three-point attempts, however, which was the second worst mark of his career. Injuries have also taken a toll on Gay in recent years, as he was limited to 57 games last season after appearing in only 30 games for the Sacramento Kings in 2016-17. Gay hasn't played more than 70 games in a single season since suiting up for 73 during the 2013-14 season, which was split between the Toronto Raptors and Sacramento Kings. The 2006 first-round pick out of UConn was once among the NBA's most consistent scorers, as he averaged between 18 and 21 points per game every season from 2007 through 2015. Despite his somewhat pedestrian stats, Gay was, was still one of the Spurs' top offensive players last season, not counting Kawhi Leonard. Uh, since he only appeared in nine games, Gay was San Antonio's second leading scorer, behind only LaMarcus Aldridge, who was an all-star. Uh, that spoke to the Spurs' offensive struggles without Leonard, but it also bolstered the notion that Gay was an important piece due to his scoring acumen. The decision to stay with the Spurs or test free agency was ultimately up to Gay, and he opted to try, to luck, to, to try his luck on the open market. Uh, Gay is gambling based on the fact that his numbers were down last season, but if his goal is to win an elusive championship rather than make a lot of money, opting out may have been a smart move. The Spurs took a big st step back in 2017-18, and even if Leonard returns to full strength next season and stays with the San Antonio Spurs, that's important, it will be difficult for them to overtake the likes of the Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets, and, on and quite honestly, some, some other teams in the, in the Western Conference as well, in my opinion. Now switching gears to... Um, an NBA story that has to do with the draft. Missouri Tigers star Michael Porter Jr. Uh, said that any fears about his health with the 2018 NBA draft approaching Thursday night. Porter raised some alarms when ESPN's Jonathan Giovanni reported he canceled the workout for a group of NBA teams, citing a strained hip. During an interview Monday on ESPN Radio's The Will Kane Show, Porter said the whole situation was, quote, exaggerated a lot. Quote, it was just a little sore, so I told my agent my hip was kind of sore and, and he just wanted to shut it down for a couple of days. And then people took that and kind of uh, ran with it, saying, you know, my hip was injured. I couldn't get out of bed. None of that was really true. I was just sore and I wanted to take a couple of days off. So that's all that was. Porter played a total of 53 minutes in his only season at Missouri. He left the Tigers a season opening victory over Iowa State on November 10th after two minutes uh, Missouri announced on November 21st that Porter was suffering from herniated discs in his back and would undergo surgery that left him out of action until the team's um, last game of the season. Porter told Kane he hasn't experienced any subsequent problems uh, and he also hasn't and also no doctors have warned him about the possibility of re-injuring his back. Despite the questions that kind of hover around Porter entering the draft, he's in near lock to be a lottery pick and may even climb into the top five. And people, I think people tend to forget that he was everyone was saying that he would be the number one overall pick before his injury. So Bleacher Report's Jonathan Wasserman projected him to go seventh overall to the Chicago Bulls. He noted that Porter would give Chicago a dynamic frontcourt duo with Porter and Laurie Markkinen that would get fans excited about the future of the franchise. So that's that. Um, 
and I actually didn't take didn't give my take on Rudy Gay in this verse. So I'm gonna do that real quick. I think um, it seems to me that Rudy Gay, what Rudy Gay believes is that uh, he has made enough money in his career. I believe that he's testing the open market uh, to 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 kind of go on a championship team and um, wouldn't say chase the ring, but play on a contender. Uh, the Spurs aren't looking like a contender, and with with all their drama going on, so uh, yeah. And um, in regards to Michael Porter Jr., uh, you know it, he had a bad injury, and I it was it was a bit over exaggerated in my opinion. But at the same time, it's very important because uh, you know how especially one and done players how they do in college is extremely important. So NBA scouts can think that they basically didn't see him, you know, play college basketball. So they they don't really know what to you know high school is high school, but college is what the scouts really look at. So now switching gears to the NHL, I don't uh, cover the NHL all too much. Barry Trotz is concluding his Washington Capitals coaching tenure on a high note, resigning from his post after helping lead the team to its first Stanley Cup victory. The Capitals confirmed Trotz's decision Monday, and he provided a statement about the move per CNN's Jill Martin. Quote, after careful consideration and, and consultation with my family, I am officially announcing my resignation as head coach of the Washington Capitals. When I came to Washington four years ago, we had one goal in mind, and that was to bring the Stanley Cup to the nation's capital. We had an incredible run this season, culminating with our players and the staff, achieving our goal and sharing the excitement with our fans. I would like to thank Mr. Ted Leonces, Dick Patrick, and Brian McClellan for giving me the opportunity to be a part of this great organization. I would also like to thank our players and staff who worked tirelessly every day to achieve our success. The Associated Press initially reported via ESPN.com that Trotz's contract with, the wa- was Wath- excuse me, with Washington expired at the end of the 2017-18 season. However, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman and TSN's Pierre Lebrun reported that that wasn't the case and that the Capitals' title victory triggered a two-year extension. Trotz's departure sparked plenty of reaction on social media with plenty of, cri- with plenty of criticism directed toward the Capitals. Uh, losing Trotz puts a damper on Washington's championship celebrations and he leaves a massive void on the team's bench. With all the success that the team enjoyed this year, finding a replacement, finding a replacement may not be as easy as one would think. Under uh, his watch, the Capitals won 205 games in four seasons, which sets the bar high for his successor. In addition, ESPN.com's Greg uh, Wyshynski outlined the difficult financial decisions that Washington's front office will have to make in the near future. You know, John Carlson and Jay Beagle are, on, are unrestricted free agents this offseason, while Andre Burkowski and Jacob Rahner are headed for free agency in another year. Trotz may have left at the perfect time. As the Capitals come to terms with the realities of the NHL salary cap, they could begin experiencing the decline that generally uh, befalls every team that contends over a period of years. Uh, and personally, I think that they will uh, suffer a, de- a bit of a, not a big decline, but slowly a decline, much like the Philadelphia Phillies in Major League Baseball. And um, just really quickly now, uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Aiden and Marvin, Marvin Bagley III both signed with Puma. So Puma's trying to get on the map uh, in terms of their, um, you know, athletic, athletic uh, situation. And, and these, these are great moves. I mean, Puma hasn't had any, any NBA uh, player in a long, long time. I think it's been like 20 years or so. So it's a, it's a good move for Puma. Now switching gears to the MLB. Los Angeles Angels star Shohei Otani has been out since June 6th 
and it remains to be it remains to be seen when he can return to the field. Manager Mike Ziosa said the two-way player would be reevaluated in two weeks for the sprained ulnar collateral ligament in his right throwing elbow that caused him to be placed on the DL, according to Bob Nightingale of USA Today. The medical staff is, quote, very optimistic about Otani's health, although it remains possible he will, he will still need Tommy John surgery, which would end his season, per Nightingale. Bill Shaken of the Los Angeles Times added that the 23-year-old has been talking, excuse me, has been taking one-armed swings in the batting cage while awaiting a prognosis. Siostia said last week that the Angels would consider letting the rookie hit if he can't pitch, per Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register. The Japanese star was one of the most exciting players in baseball over the first couple of months of the season. He excelled as a pitcher, posting a 4-1 record with a 3.1 ERA in 9 starts, striking out 11.1 batters per 9 innings. On his non-pitching days, Otani served as the designated hitter and batted 289 with 6 home runs and 20 RBIs in 34 games. Unfortunately, though, his elbow injury has kept him off the field and the Angels are struggling without him, losing 6 of their last 7 games. While the medical staff remains confident he will return this season, there appears to be a lot of unknowns going forward. And um, I hope I hope uh, Otani will come back sooner rather than later. It's very unfortunate to see any uh, anybody and but any athlete as well injured. So uh, now switching gears back to the NBA, the Dallas Mavericks reportedly have their eyes on Slovenian prospect Luka Doncic as Thursday's NBA draft approaches. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski appeared on the network's draft coverage instead of Doncic and the Mavericks, uh, quote, that is the guy they have targeted via Rob Lopez of Den Pen Hoops. Def Pen Hoops, excuse me. Wojnarowski went on to say that the question now is whether Doncic will still be available at number five when Dallas, um, when Dallas picks or if the team will have to trade up to land him. Wojnarowski noted that the Sacramento Kings, Atlanta Hawks, and Memphis Grizzlies are, quote, taking a lot of calls for the number two, three, and four picks respectively, so the Mavericks figured to have some com- competition if they look to trade up. Bleacher Report's Jonathan Wasterman projected Doncic as the number four overall pick to the Grizzlies in his latest mock draft and pointed to his potential fit alongside Mike Conley as a, quote, secondary playmaker in the backcourt. Uh, that would mean multiple teams passed... On Doncic and the Mavericks didn't move up to select him, which would be a mistake if the prospect has anything to say about it. Quote, I can see who made a mistake not drafting me, he told Shams Chernia of Yahoo Sports. After my rookie season, I will see who made a mistake. Wasserman and Chernia each acknowledged that there are questions about Doncic's athleticism as he enters the NBA, but he was the EuroLeague MVP and EuroLeague Final Four MVP as an impressive playmaker who can impact the game in a number of ways. Uh, the Mavericks missed the playoffs the last two seasons and are looking for some star power to take the torch from Dirk Nowitzki considering the future Hall of Famer will be 40 years old during the 2018-19 season. They need young and talented playmakers to accelerate the rebuild after failing, excuse me, after falling from the Western Conference, um, from the list of Western Conference contenders and from the Western Conference altogether. Now switching, um, but uh, giving my take on this, I think, uh, Lucas Doncic to the Mavericks is a good move, but I think that if they don't trade up, he will be taken before the number five overall pick. Anyway, switching gears back to the MLB, the Kansas City Royals announced they have traded closer Kelvin Herrera to the Washington Na- Nationals on Monday. Today, Jeffrey Flanagan of MLB.com provided details on the three players being sent to Kansas City. Um, Ken Rosenthal of of um, the Athletic broke down each each uh, prospect. The Royals get a double-A third baseman in Kevin Gutierrez, who is on the Nationals as 40 men. Um, they also get uh, a single-A outfielder in Blake Perkins, who is a former second-rounder with good tools. 
a right-handed pitcher, uh, Johan Semoral, who's a 17-year-old Dominican who has yet to play in the U.S., but some Nats officials compare him to the White Sox's Reynaldo Lopez. Herrera has been one of the MLB's most logical trained candidates for months given the Royals' descent into the American League Central and his contract year status. His numbers have also been superb. In 25.2 innings this season, Herrera has logged a 1.05 ERA, .82 whip, 22 strikeouts, and just two walks. That efficiency has been, um, has been great, obviously, and the Nationals need a closer. Uh, it's about time that they, that they got their closer back as Mark Melanson left to the San Francisco Giants last offseason. And uh, this is, as much as I hate to admit it, this is a great move for the Washington Nationals. Now switching gears to the NFL, the relationship between Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons is reportedly not in a good place heading into training camp next month. Appearing on, uh, appearing on ESPN, 7.30 a.m. the game, Falcons uh, beat writer Orlando Ledbetter was asked how things stand between Jones and the Falcons during their most recent contract talks. Quote, it's in a bad place right now, Ledbetter said via Corey Woodruff of the Falcoholic. Coach Dan Quinn was expecting, him, was expecting him in there. He told us that at the owner's meeting when I talked to him down there in Orlando and then a few weeks later, Julio informed him that he's not going to be there. Ledbetter also noted that the Falcons are concerned that Jones has been working out this offseason with the former wide receiver who is known for disrupting the locker room. Uh, the fact that he's running around with Terrell Owens has the front office uneasy, Ledbetter said. The fact that he's held out and is kind of bucking the whole brotherhood thing has them a little bit uneasy too. So they'll have to mend some fences, no question about it, once he returns. When the Falcons held their mandatory minicamp last week, Jones was not with the team as he continues to seek a new contract. Dan Quinn doesn't seem concerned about Jones's uh, deal being a long-term issue for either side. Quote, the good news is that their cons- uh, conversations that have begun, begun, Quinn told reporters Thursday, will keep those private. I have a lot of faith in the organization and also in Julio that things will get resolved with good communications. I'm sure that'll be a part of it as well. Jones's average annual salary of $14.25 million ranks eighth among all wide receivers per over the cap. He has signed a, f- he has signed a five-year deal worth up to $71.5 million in August of 2015. Personally, I don't like what Julio Jones is doing simply because he's not he's not a player like Le'Veon Bell who's consistently being fed one-year contracts, you know, getting franchise tagged. He has a long-term deal that he signed in 2015. I, I just I don't see the I don't see the problem. And the last uh, breaking news story that I'll be covering has to do with the NBA and LeBron James specifically. With the start of NBA free agency only two weeks away, LeBron James' list of potential destinations will reportedly include Los Angeles. Per, per sources cited by ESPN's Stephen A. Smith, Chris Paul is telling people that James, quote, wants to be in Los Angeles. The first order of business for James will be informing the Cavs by June 29th whether or not he, attends, he intends to opt out of his contract. Smith didn't specify which Los Angeles team James prefers between the Lakers or Clippers. The four-time NBA MVP is often linked to, to the Lakers because he has a home in Los Angeles. ESPN's, ESPN's, um, ESPN's Chris Haynes reported Friday that Lonzo Ball could potentially be used as a trade chip to acquire James from the Cavaliers, which is pretty interesting, but I'm not sure if the Cavs would want Lonzo Ball. For ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, James and Paul George may have, quote, a conversation or conversations at some point this offseason about the possibility of teaming up on the Lakers. James has spent the last four seasons with the Cavs. He has led the franchise to the NBA Finals in each of those seasons, including winning a championship in 2016. They were swept by the Golden State Warriors in the Finals earlier this month. So personally, I'd love to see LeBron on the Lakers. Uh, you know, it's been rumored for so long now. And uh, hopefully it can finally happen. But um, 
I I hope it'll happen. Now uh, switching gears to the last covering the results and future matchups of the Los Angeles sports teams, starting with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, last Wednesday, the Dodgers beat the Texas Rangers three to two. So, um, then they beat the San Francisco Giants three to two on Friday after an off day on Thursday. Then they beat the San Francisco Giants three one on Saturday. Then they lost to the Giants four to one yesterday and today. They they were supposed to start uh, playing against the Chicago Cubs, but that game. The game is delayed due to rain delay. Uh, so after today, the next game is tomorrow at 5.05 p.m. Pacific, 8.05 p.m. Eastern against um, the Chicago Cubs as they continue their series. Now covering the Los Angeles Angels and all their results since last Tuesday. Uh, the Angels, on uh, on Wednesday, they lost to the Mariners 8-6. to On Thursday, they beat the Oakland Athletics 8-4. to uh, then on Saturday, excuse me, yeah, on Saturday, they beat the Oakland Athletics six. They lost to the Oakland Athletics six to four, and then they lost to the Oakland Athletics six to five yesterday. Uh, the next game is today at seven oh seven p.m. Pacific, ten oh seven p.m. Eastern against the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then it's they play the Diamondbacks again tomorrow at seven oh seven p.m. Pacific, ten oh seven p.m. Eastern. Now covering the uh, standings of the MLB, the Dodgers are now only a game and a half behind the Diamondbacks for first place. Uh, that's nice, but they're three games ahead of the Giants for second place, and um, yeah, the the Rockies uh, are two and eight in their last ten. The Giants are four and six in their last ten. The Padres are five and five in their last ten, and the D-backs and Dodgers are seven and three in their last ten. Now the Angels are still in third place. They're now eight games behind uh, the Mar- the Mariners for. Uh, second place and nine and a half games behind the Astros for first place at the same time. They are only two games ahead of the Athletics for third place. Uh, the last place Rangers are three and seven in their last ten. The fourth place Athletics are five and five in their last ten. The third place Angels are four and six in their last ten. The second place Mariners are seven and three in their last ten. And the first place Astros red hot ten and zero in their last ten games. And now covering all of the FIFA World Cup results, as I have not. Um, recorded an episode of my podcast since the start of the 2018 FIFA World Cup. There have been plenty plenty of exciting matches. I've watched every single match to date. Uh, in the first match, um, Group A, uh, Russia beat Saudi, the host nation Russia beat Saudi Arabia 5-0. Uruguay beat Egypt 1-0. Um, so first of all, the Russia-Saudi Arabia game, that was, that was an, even though Russia is not that much of a powerhouse in terms of soccer that was still a mismatch with Saudi Arabia and I have no idea honestly how Saudi Arabia qualified for the World Cup but they did and Russia beat them 5-0 to zero, and Russia is not even close to you know being a top team in this World Cup even though they're their host they're, they are the hosts so then Uruguay beat Egypt 1-0 I remember that game um, it was uh, very unfortunate because Egypt didn't have Mohamed Salah for that game Salah I don't know how to pronounce it honestly it was a 90th minute in stoppage time. It, Uruguay scored um, a header off of a set piece on a corner kick. So um, a very tough loss for uh, Egypt, but they'll have uh, Salah back for their next game. Then the next game after that was Morocco and Iran. Even more uh, upsetting, Morocco uh, lost to Iran by a score of 1-0. It's uh, Iran's first win in the World Cup since the 90s. And it was extremely unfortunate. Morocco was the better team from, you know, I watched the whole match. And they, they seemed like the better team to me. Uh, you know, more possession, more shots on goal, all that good stuff. Uh, 
And um, it just, what happened was in the, in the 95th minute, um, Iran had a free kick. They, they passed the ball in Morocco's zone and a Moroccan player headed the ball into his own goal by accident, giving Iran a 1-0 lead and ultimately a 1-0 win to start off their World Cup. Then in a, in a very good match, Portugal and Spain, um, you know, in Group B, the same group as Morocco and Iran. So Morocco lost to Iran 1-0, so they have to now play Portugal and Spain in their next two group stage matches. So just because, just because of one mistake, Morocco's World Cup hopes are crushed. That's just extremely unfortunate. But anyway, Portugal and Spain, uh, it was a 3-3 draw. It was an unbelievable match. Cristiano Ronaldo scored all three goals for Portugal. Uh, Diego Costa scored two for uh, two for Spain, and Nacho had a, had a beautiful, beautiful goal for Spain. Uh, I thought Spain was the better team. I thought Portugal was a bit lucky at times, but it was three three. I think it was a fitting. It was fitting that it was a draw. Then on Saturday, France played Australia. Uh, France won the match two to one. It was a it was a pretty interesting match. Uh, each team scored a penalty kick. The differentiator was was a, a goal by Paul Pogba that was virtually unstoppable. It wasn't very powerful, but it was right. It, it hit the bottom of the crossbar and barely passed the goal line. So that was um, that was good for France. And then in a very surprising result, Argentina and Iceland tied one one on Saturday. Uh, Lionel Messi would have won the game uh, for for Argentina, but he missed a penalty kick. Uh, you know further, uh, and now. You know, when you talk about Messi versus Ronaldo, people keep saying that uh, Messi never delivers on the international stage, and that keeps being the case, whereas Ronaldo scored three goals for Portugal against Spain. So, anyway, that's that. Then after that, there was on Saturday as well, Peru and Denmark. It was a very, very good game. Um, uh, I thought Peru was the better team. You know, they had many, much, many scoring chances, much more than Denmark. They deserved to win that game, but... Uh, Denmark, Denmark had one goal, and that's all it took. Then um, uh, the last game on Saturday was Croatia and Nigeria. That was uh, an extremely interesting game, to say the least. Uh, another penalty. There was another penalty kick in that game, and uh, Croatia won two zero, as I said, and um, it was a great game. Then uh, yesterday on Sunday was Costa Rica and Serbia. Serbia won one to zero. This was an upset. Uh, it may or may not have been on paper. I'm not sure uh, what Costa Rica and Serbia are ranked in the FIFA rankings, but in my eyes, this was an upset. Costa Rica had a had a great run in the 2014 FIFA World Cup, so the fact that Serbia won uh, is an upset to me. It was a really nice free kick. That that was the only that was the only goal of the match, and it was the difference. Then in a huge upset, um, Mexico and Germany played in Mexico, won by a score of 1-0. This was an insane. Insane result. Nobody expected Mexico to beat Germany. It's like it's the second time I believe ever that Mexico beat Germany, and um, yeah, and Germany's in trouble now. At least what that's what I think. Now um, Brazil and Switzerland in, in another surprising result. It finished one one. Brazil was the much better team. They had a, many scoring chances. Switzerland just completely isolated Neymar, and uh, every time Neymar got the ball, they just took him to the ground and, t- and slide tackled him. So. That's all that was, and this was a huge result for Switzerland and a very disappointing one for Brazil. And uh, now today's matches, Sweden and South Korea. Uh, Sweden won 1-0. Um, one goal, Sweden, uh, it, was a, it was a pretty balanced game. Each team had, had good scoring chances, but Sweden ultimately converted, and that was the difference. Then Belgium and Panama. 
Belgium won by a score of 3-0. to zero. It was all Belgium in this game. Belgium is an incredibly fast team. They have very talented players. Lukaku, Eden Hazard. Lukaku scored two goals. Uh, Courtois, the goalie for Belgium, was very good as well. And um, Belgium, I think Belgium, my pick, Belgium or France will win the World Cup. That's so Belgium, uh, I think, will do very good in this tournament. And finally, England and Tunisia. Um, Tunisia almost uh, tied with England, but England pulled, pulled through 2-1. Harry Kane scored both goals for England. Uh, the only goal for Tunisia was a penalty kick. That was interesting. I'm not sure if that should have been a penalty. Uh, England deserved to to win this game 100%. They had many, many, many scoring chances that they couldn't convert. It was not fun to watch, to say the least. Uh, or I shouldn't say that. It was... It was it was rather sad to watch, and and especially the fact that Tunisia was that close to, you know, to <laughs> to finish one one with England. I mean, England deserved one hundred percent to win the game, and uh, those were the World Cup results, and uh, my take on each result, and now covering the the World Cup uh, games that will happen tomorrow. Uh, Colombia will play Japan tomorrow at at five a.m. Uh, Pacific, eight a.m. Eastern. I believe that uh, Colombia will win this game fairly easily at that. And um, yeah, and then after that, um, Colombia, Japan, and then Poland will play Senegal at 8 a.m. Uh, Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. And finally, Russia will play Egypt in the second game of, um, of their uh, second game for each of those teams at 11, 11 Pacific. Uh, to Eastern. Now taking a look at the FIFA World Cup standings to close out this loaded episode of Sean Sports, starting with Group A. Um, Russia is um, in Group A. Russia is uh, number one with three points. Uruguay number two with three points. Egypt and Saudi Arabia um, third and fourth respectively. Russia has a goal difference of five. Uruguay one. Egypt zero, and um, Saudi Arabia m- minus five. Then in Group B, Iran is number one with three points. That's very surprising. Portugal and Spain are tied for second uh, with one point, and Morocco is last with no points. You know, because Portugal and Spain tied and Iran won, so therefore Iran um, is at the top of that group. But I think Portugal and Spain will come out of Group B, and in Group A, I think it'll be um, Uruguay and Egypt. Then in Group C, France is in first place with three points. Denmark is in uh, second place with three points because they both won. But um, France has a better goal difference. Australia and Peru are third and fourth respectively with no points each. Then in Group D, Croatia is first uh, with three points. Then Iceland and Argentina are tied for second place with one point apiece. And Nigeria is last with no points. Then in Group E, Serbia is in first place with three points. Then Brazil and Switzerland are tied for second place with one point. And Costa Rica is in last place with no points. Then in Group F, this group F, this is very surprising. Sweden and Mexico are tied for first place. South Korea and Germany are, are tied for last place. Group G, uh, Belgium and England, uh, or Belgium is in first place with three points. England has three points, but they're in second place because Belgium has a better goal difference. And Tunisia and Panama are in third and fourth place. Tunisia is ahead of Panama, though, since uh, they have a better goal difference. And in Group H, Poland, Senegal, Colombia, and Japan, none of those teams have played yet, so they therefore they are all tied. And um, 
Oh, but I didn't. So out of Group C, I think that France and Denmark will come out of that group. Group D, I think it'll be uh, Croatia and Argentina, as much as I want Iceland to. Group E, I think it'll be Brazil and Serbia. Group F, man, this one's tough. I think it'll have to be Germany and Mexico. Group G, I think it'll be Belgium and England. And Group H, I'm going to have to say Colombia and Poland. So that's all we have for this loaded episode number 98 of Sean Sports Show. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all the support. Give me any feedback that you like. And uh, I'll see you guys on episode number 99, which will be recorded and released on Tuesday, June 19th, 2018. Thanks for the support.